Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. Today, I'm featuring Ashley Zabo, a certified personal trainer, group exercise instructor, and she also has her degree in exercise science. Today, we chatted on group training versus one-on-one training and a couple mistakes that we see people make when it comes to achieving their fitness goals. We also touch upon reverse dieting and bodybuilding culture, so tune into this episode, guys. If you're loving this episode, make sure you share it on your Instagram, and don't forget to tag me at Nicole Ferry Fitness, and all of Ashley's information is going to be down below in the description. Welcome back, guys, to another episode on Beyond the Bikini Radio. I have my good friend here, Ashley Zaba. I feel like I always say your last name wrong, but welcome, Ashley. That is correct. It's Zabo. <laughs> All right. I'm proud of myself. I always want to say Zabo. <laughs> yeah, I've heard way worse, but yeah, no, you were, you were right. Um, so I guess a little bit about me. I am, um, my name is Ashley. I live in Orange County, California. I have been in the fitness industry now for almost about six years. So I graduated with my degree in exercise science. And then um, I was originally a college athlete. I was a runner. And then I kind of transitioned into after I graduated, getting more into strength training and bodybuilding, and then became um, a trainer through NASM. And my first job in the fitness industry was uh, as a group fitness coach at Orange Theory Fitness. So I have been doing that now for, I think I've been there. It's going to be coming up on my sixth year oh, wow. um, I think in like August. So um, I'm almost at my sixth year mark. But um, about three, four years ago, I started kind of dabbling in online coaching. And um, then I started doing more in-person training about two years ago on my own, just kind of as an independent trainer at a gym. And then recently, uh, back in October 2019, so what is that, like five, six months ago, me Mm -hmm. and my boyfriend opened our own semi-private, just small training facility. So now we're kind of building that side of the business, and then we're also working at Orange Theory still, even though things are weird right now. We technically are on a temporary layoff there just due to COVID-19 and everything. Um, But it's, it's kind of nice because now we're really focusing in on building our tribes, building our business. And, um, you know, it's, it's been kind of interesting transitioning more into the online space and I already had systems in place for that. So it's been an easier transition moving kind of our in-person clients to that. But yeah, that's kind of a little bit about me. Oh, and I've done some bodybuilding shows over the last couple of years too. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I mentioned that. I wanted to have Ashley on because I feel like she's had a variety of experiences. Um, I myself, I've done, you know, in-person one-on-one training, but I've never done um, a ton of group coaching. And I feel like that's a big niche that people want to get into where they want to take classes and they see someone who has like a super developed physique with all this muscle, but then they don't realize that, oh, maybe they didn't do these group exercise classes to achieve that physique. And you've been an athlete, you've been 
resistance training majority of your life you've done bodybuilding competitions but when it comes to your own training ashley would you say that you focus more on the group exercise approach or do you focus more on a different style of like programming oh definitely a different style of programming for sure um i mean because i i am a group exercise coach I will every once in a while take a class just for fun, kind of more for the community aspect to work out with the members. And, um, you know, I, I use group exercise classes as my cardio. I do not count that as my strength training by any means. Um, you know, 85 to 90% of my training is, is purely strength training based where I am literally working you know, one exercise at a time, pushing myself and having to take at least 90 seconds to two minutes of rest in between most of my sets. Um, I rarely even do supersets and, and tri-sets. I really focus on more um, traditional strength training and the, the group exercise classes are just kind of like the cherry on top of my overall like fitness programming. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I mostly just do it for fun, but a lot of times what I find is when I do that too much, my body just feels broken down. Um, my hunger levels are going up. I, I just, and I can't perform as well when I'm actually trying to do my real strength training. And my, my goal physique wise with, with that is I want to build muscle and doing endless group exercise classes and burpees and sprinting on the treadmill is not going to get me to that goal. Yeah. I love that you're saying that too. And again, I wanted Ashley on here to say this for herself because, you know, Ashley is a knowledgeable trainer. Um, Does she work for, you know, Orange Theory to do group exercise classes? Yes. But just because she does that doesn't necessarily mean that that's her approach to training. Okay. Um, Orange Theory is a great company. They do well with their trainers and it's really hard to even do one-on-one training. I know for myself, I tried to do corporate one-on-one training, gave up and just shifted my business online. It was hard. It was hard to build clientele, especially when I was just fresh out of college and pretty young. I was like 22. No one took me seriously. It was a hard time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I built like my business online. um, And I know for you and your online business, you tend to focus more on traditional resistance training for your programming, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, and it's interesting too with the group exercising, I see a lot of aspects of group exercise transitioning into um, a lot of fitness girls on IG where they're taking like pieces of, yeah, like their F45 classes or Orange Theory classes. And I'm like looking at these at-home workouts, I'm like, but is that ideal for the majority? I'm seeing all these like advanced movements and I, I'll be honest, I can't even really do burpees because they hurt me. Oh yeah, totally. I I think that is a really good point you make, especially, I mean, we talked about this, like what, like two, three weeks ago of like, you know, a lot of the home workouts right now during this time are like plyo based, you know what I mean? Like jump squats, jump lunges, burpees, like crazy stuff like that. And people are doing those things. And, and a lot of people aren't ready for that high impact and they've never done something like that before. And they're now starting to do that and they're going to get injured because their joints, their ligaments, they're, they're not ready for that type of stress on the body. And then on, on the other side of things too, like people going out on runs and stuff, which is great, which is awesome. Um, get outside, do stuff like that. But running is also the same thing. If you haven't been doing it and you jump into it, like with no kind of transition into that um, and no progression, then you're going to get injured. So I'm just, you know, Jonathan and 
I, my boyfriend Jonathan and I have been talking about this a lot over the last couple of weeks. Like we're worried for some of our clients and the, the members that we've coached at Orange Theory just kind of jumping into this sort of stuff. Um, or maybe on the opposite side of things during this time, you know, taking this time off because they don't have the accountability of going to classes and then jumping right back into a high intensity mm-hmm. group class. And they basically deconditioned themselves for two months. So what's that yeah. transition going to look like? Let's go into those two like separately. So let's talk about the person who is using this time to go balls to the wall and overtrain. Maybe they're like, I'm just going to start running now. I can't do my classes. I just, I'm going to be a runner now. Um, what, what problems do you see with that? Um, I kind of just what I already touched on is, is, you know, with anything you have to progress, right? Like you can't just go from never doing hip thrusts to hip thrusting 300 pounds. It's the same thing with, with running. You kind of have to earn your right to, to run. Um, it is an, a natural human ability. Like we should all be able to run, but especially those of us that are like, you know, we're not like, 10 years old, like, like we've had these patterns that have been ingrained into us. So a lot of us have, um, not the greatest running form because we haven't really been taught and if that's okay. Like not everybody needs to be like a marathon runner and be able to run like a five, six minute mile. Um, but your body just is not used to that stress. Running is very, very stressful on your body. And that's coming from me being a distance runner. Like, okay. So I've gone through all of this of, Mm -hmm. there was a time where I injured my back and I was so excited to get back to running. I jumped right back into it when my, when my back was feeling better, but my body wasn't used to that stress anymore. So then I got shin splints, which turned into a a stretch stress reaction, which is almost like a stress fracture because Mm -hmm. I had deconditioned my body over that two, three month time period. Um, and then I tried to jump right back into running three to five miles nonstop. So kind of the same idea is if you're not, your body's not ready for that, then you're gonna, you're gonna end up with something down the road. And I, I think there's a smarter way to progress. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be running, but like, instead of running straight on concrete or asphalt for, you know, 30, 40 minutes, an hour, like maybe you're going on some harder hikes outside, um, you know, walking and just like finding some hills to walk up and, and stairs and stuff like that, that aren't going to be as stressful on your body, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I see a lot of people get really competitive with themselves and they're like, damn, like, why can't I just run like a mile straight? Like, why do I need to stop mm-hmm. and walk? And I'm like, look, like if you're walk, walk, jog and running, that's okay. If you have it's to go really through those fine. cycles, completely fine. I myself, like I used to do distance running. I used to be able to run like eight miles, completely fine. Yeah. Now I'm running like two times a week for 15 minutes long, but it's not straight through. I still have to walk and run and even today I had to check myself I'm like look you're fatigued you're tired you have you don't need to push yourself you don't need to push yourself there's no competition going on Mm -hmm. walk home and it's fine I just think a lot of people are being really hard on themselves thinking that they should be good at all these different modalities of training but you're not going to be good at what you've never trained before yeah totally so what about the person who says at home workouts aren't challenging enough I'm just not going to train Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I think that the the thing during this time that I've been thinking about lately is like, you want to 
just in general in your fitness journey, like you need to learn how to control your movements. You need to learn how to make lightweight feel heavy or light resistance feel heavy. And, you know, some, some people are just going to have like a set of five or a set of 10 pound dumbbells, maybe to work with maybe some bands, but like when you have a lighter resistance to work with, you can do so many other things to make it more challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, just because you have a lack of equipment doesn't mean you, doesn't mean you need to just like throw up your hands and be like, screw this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything right now. Um, you know, like there's so many different training techniques you can implement. And I'm sure that you've been talking about this on, on your Instagram and stuff like that. But, um, you know, doing pauses, doing controlled eccentrics, meaning like you're, you're slowing down, essentially, um, you're slowing down the movement a lot, keeping that time under tension up. Um, I'm trying to think what else, I mean, always just like increasing your rep count, like maybe yeah. you're not doing 10 to 12 reps. I mean, you have to do 20, 20 to 25 reps to get to that challenging place. Like there's always a way to make it more challenging. Um, but it, I mean, I, on the other side of things, I understand people that have relied so much on going to a class or going to a training session with a trainer that they really don't know what to do. And the online space during this time is tough for them to keep that accountability because it's not in person. So, um, Yes, definitely. Um, I think a lot of people are struggling with figuring out what to do, but so many people are giving out free at-home guides. Like I know for myself, like I've been shooting out so many free at-home resources, but I can't force you to take action. And the other thing too is this scenario, although it sucks and there's no end date, but this can transition over other, into other scenarios of your life um, after you have a baby if you have an injury or surgery, if you're traveling, like it's going to transition over into other areas of your life. So if a similar event like this happens again, what are you going to do? Are you always just going to shut down or are you not going to learn how to adapt? Okay. You have to adapt and you have to just get over it. Yeah. And you know, the other thing is just accepting during this time that your training situation is not going to be ideal. Like maybe you're not going to be going to failure and like, you know, sweating bullets and stuff like that, but doing something is better than nothing. Like mm -hmm. at least trying to maintain what you have, um, and give your muscle like some sort of stimulus. It, it takes a lot more, um, to, to lose muscle, like just doing like light workouts. Like I know a lot of people have been posting stuff about this and putting infographics out there about this sort of thing, but just doing like some light workouts and some body weight stuff right now is enough to maintain at least your, your current muscle mass for people that are, that are worried about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm going to kind of cycle back into like the group exercising. Yes. So one issue I'm seeing too, with like group exercise and even for like the fitness influencer putting out their workouts is you can't check the person's form as precisely as someone training one-on-one -on -one with someone. Yeah. So as a group exercise instructor, how do you handle that? And what would be your recommendations to someone who is, which I'm sure that you give these out during your classes, but what would, what would your recommendations be for someone who is trying to push themselves extra hard because they're comparing themselves to everyone else in the room? You mean, kind of clarifying, you mean like right now during this time, not having somebody so, check their form or actually in a class? Let's do both. Okay. Um, I would, I mean, I would say right now, if, 
I mean, what I, I don't know if this is exactly answering your question, but with, with my clients, so like if you're working with a coach, like with my clients, I'll have them send me video of, of their form. Mm -hmm. Um, and that has been helpful, but those are people that are kind of following like one-on-one programs yeah. so that are kind of doing their programs on their own. But yeah, I mean, it's really hard like with, okay, so I'll, I'll talk about this, the zoom classes that are going on right now. It's awesome. People that need the community aspect and seeing other people working out with them on the, on the screen. I think there's something to be said for that. And I think a lot of people do need that. I don't need that to do my workouts, but there's a lot of people that do because not everybody's a weirdo that like me that can just like be motivated on my own. There's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that need more than that. Um, But it's tough because like Jonathan and I were trying, we're going to be doing a mobility class tomorrow and we're going to have some of our people on there and it's going to be multiple people on the screen. And we're like talking, like, how are we going to be like correcting everybody's form and it's way less people than we have in an orange theory class, but it's definitely a lot harder when you can't actually like, as a coach, put your hands on somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so in, in this situation, I think it's really tough with these zoom classes to make, sh- to, to make sure that you're doing the correct form. And a lot of times I'm, I'm finding the format that most, uh, coaches are following right now is more of like a follow along type thing. Yeah. Like, unless you're doing a one-on-one zoom training session with somebody, um, may, like I've done a few with some of my one-on-one clients and I've been able to correct their form and stuff like that. But when you're doing a class as a coach, it's really, really tough to do that, especially now if we're talking about the virtual space. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough for in that aspect, um, in an actual class, when you're in a class, so say this is a non COVID-19 situation, like just going back to normal, like two, three months ago when I was coaching my orange, orange Which theory classes, things will go back to normal. Yes, yes, yes. Um, when I was coaching my orange theory classes, you know, I'm, I have anywhere from on average, I would say 20 to 30 people class. Okay. It's one coach, that many people I'm on a microphone. I'm there's, you know, 13 people on the treadmills, a full class is 13 people on the treadmills, 13 people in the weight room slash rowers. And then sometimes I do three groups where there's a group on the treadmills, the rowers and in the weight room. And that would be a 36 person class. Um, so I'm managing either two or three groups at a time. So I'm counting down intervals for the treadmills. So I'm like this on my watch the whole time. And then I'm, in the weight room trying to correct 13 people's form with weightlifting, a lot of whom just came off the treadmills and are super fatigued. And then they're now going to be going into their weightlifting and they don't really know what's going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's challenging. You just kind of have to do the best you can as a coach. Um, and, you know, as from a client's perspective, making sure like if, if, having correct form, making sure you're not getting injured is important to you, which it should be like, make sure you're going to coaches classes that like care about that sort of thing. Um, and aren't just, you know, jumping around and, and clapping, you know what I mean? Like, and calling intervals out, like you have to be, um, if, if that's important to you, make sure you're going to a coach that is like getting their hands on you and, and at least correcting you and giving you some touch points throughout the one hour class. Is it going to be personal training? No, it, it's just not. Like, again, it's yeah. one coach to 26 to 36 people in a class. It's just not, it, you're not going to get that individualized attention as much. So. Yeah, definitely. I think, so the Zoom classes that I'm seeing on 
like Instagram that coaches are doing. I've not done like a Zoom coaching class. I've thought about doing one, um, but I've done like workout lives, but I can't see anyone when I'm doing a live. Like I can't fix your form. And at the end of the day, like you have to really focus in on your body. Like, does this hurt? Does this feel uncomfortable? Does this feel wrong? And um, there's a difference between muscle soreness and actual joint pain. So again, if you're running, does this hurt my ankles? Do my knees hurt? Do my hips hurt? Does my back hurt? Check in with yourself. Don't just ignore it and beast mode, work through it. Like you don't need to, because then you can cause some chronic pain. And if you guys don't know what chronic pain is, it's basically just a nagging feeling in your body that lasts for a long time. And it can be from you not listening to your body. Um, for like one-on-one clients, if you're doing it through Zoom, of course, you'll be able to correct their form properly. Um, if you're working with someone one-on-one, that is why in-person personal training is more of a high-ticket investment because it's that person's individual time. And they're also able to put their hands on you to guide your body, to show you the movement, to ind- like customize it to your body. Um, they're really able to help you there. And then if you're taking that to a group class, Again, for anyone in the class, listen to your body. Um, A good scale is like the RPE scale. So if you're weight training and you already feel like you're at a 910, you you might need to scale it back a little bit. Don't feel like you need to like make yourself pass out by working out. Again, there's a way to work out and you should be working out smarter, listening to your body versus just trying to power through it all the time. Yeah. And I think too, just the mindset of like, don't work out to like kill yourself and punish yourself. Yeah. Like, like I think a lot of people struggle with that. Um, maybe even now because people are at home, they're snacking more. They're yeah. like, they're almost wanting to like use working out as a way to like undo the calories they've taken in from maybe drinking more, snacking more, stuff like that. Like working out is, is a gift and in like work out train because you, you love your body and you're, you're giving it that, that attention versus Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to kill myself. You know what I mean? Like, I think that mindset, a lot of people need to work on too, because that mindset will lead to, Oh, like this is hurting, but this, it must be good that it's hurting. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not all all pain is like a good Good pain. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Um, it kind of concerns me from someone who puts such a heavy emphasis on food relationship when people say, oh, like I'm not burning as many calories right now in these workouts. Maybe I should cut my calories. And I'm like, do you only work out to burn calories? Like, why do you work out? Because if you're only working out to burn calories, there's an issue there and you need to acknowledge it. (laughs) It's dangerous. Apple watch on, I I will track my workouts. I'll look at my calorie burn, but it's just kind of like, hmm, okay, cool. Like, it's not, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I'm only at 500 calories. I need to get to 600. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep going. Like, you know what I mean? It's, I don't Some people out. do. I know. I know. It's crazy. I um, like your Fitbit and Apple watches, take them for a grain of salt too. Like there's so many times where my watch is like, you burned 3000 calories a day. And I just laugh. I'm like, sure. <laughs> there's no way I burned that. Um, it's just a rough estimate. So these people will like, beyond treadmills be like I can't get off until I burn 300 calories or I can't be done my work until I burn this many calories how about you just focus on the movements and if you feel connected to your muscle and if you get a good pump which basically means blood flow into the muscle that you're training why don't you focus on that and not just burning calories yeah 
I think that's also why people probably don't stick to workout programs because they're working out for the wrong reasons. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, totally. And it's something that I'm always working on with my clients, but it is really hard. It, it's a hard mindset to break in, in people. It really is. So, um, you know, if you're a coach out there listening, just continually having these conversations with your clients, like I've had to have some tough conversations this week with a few of my clients who are doing my, my personalized programming. They have they rented equipment from me. So they have barbells, they have heavy dumbbells. They like, they're doing a four day a week workout program. They're, some of them are doing three workouts in a day right now. Oh, wow. And they're doing a full strength training, like a 60 minute strength training session, five mile hike outside, and then a boot camp class through zoom with another trainer. And it's like, oh my gosh, that that's going to burn you out real quick. And I'm having to have these conversations with people of like, okay, you want this physique goal? Like you're not going to be able to give much and you're not going to be able to recover from your strength training sessions. And that should be your main focus based on the goal that you have. Mm -hmm. I have clients too, who are like, Oh, I don't need a rest day right now. And I'm like, what do you, what you do need a rest day? Like even yesterday I took a rest day. It felt great because you're still training. Um, your body still needs to recover. And I can't emphasize this enough because this was a big mistake that I made when I first started getting into fitness and that's super young. I was like 17, but I thought that muscle was put on in the gym and it took me forever to realize, oh, muscle gets put on your body when you rest because then it can repair and rebuild and get bigger. And that's what I want. I want muscle. (laughs) Yep. So let's, um, I know that you competed in 2019. That feels weird saying. Um, and I know a lot of people are probably in competition prep right now and maybe they are jumping into a reverse because their shows got canceled. Um, which side note, if you guys are jumping into a reverse diet right now and you weren't able to compete, know that it's not the end of the world. Um, and it also doesn't make you a weak competitor. Okay. Um, some of you probably lost your jobs. Maybe you aren't able to afford competing or maybe your body's just super lean and mentally with all the stress going on. Um, you're at a very fragile state right now. So if you have to hang up your heels right now, it's not that big of a deal. Everything's going to be fine. Um, but what has your experience been in your last reverse? And yeah, let's just kind of dive into that first. Yeah. So I last competed, uh, 2019. I did, uh, USA's in Vegas at the very end of July. So I am about, I think eight and a half months, almost nine months post-show. Um, I'm not going to lie. I really kind of crashed and burned. I'm being totally real. Like after my last show, I, it's like, I just kind of fell on my face. I I just could not get my shit together. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't like, I wasn't even struggling with like bingeing or anything like that. Like I just simply upped my calories way higher than I did before. I started drinking like not crazy, but like, you know, I started having like beers more often, like a few times a week. Um, and I just cut out, like I was doing like five, six days of cardio. And I, then I cut that back to like nothing. Um, it was just like kind of a weird transition for me. And I really didn't start getting my shit together until about two months ago, to be totally honest. Yeah. And, and it, it took me a while. And in my past, uh, reverse diets, off seasons, improvement seasons, whatever you want to call them, I didn't have as hard as as hard of a time. 
But this time around, I think it was more challenging for me because it was the longest time that I had been dieting ever. The longest amount of time that I had stayed super, super shredded. Um, and, and I went, I mean, I prepped from January 2nd, uh, 2019 until, you know, July 29th or something like that. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know the longest time that I've, I know people have gone longer than that, but the longest time that I've stayed lean and have dieted super hardcore. Um, so I think that that's why, cause my past preps, I didn't do as long of a, of a dieting period because I did the most shows. I went balls to the walls this season and I was like, I want to get my pro card. Like I'm going to do like four or five shows. Um, and I definitely think that's why it was more challenging for me coming out of this prep. And it, yeah, it's been like the last two months that I kind of feel like I'm in, in a better place. So I just really started getting more consistent with tracking. Like, I think I've, I've had like, I don't know, a 60 day streak of tracking now, um, which is helpful for me. There are times where you shouldn't be tracking. And I think having like a free meal or, you know, a day, an untracked day is great. But for me right now, like I needed this because I had too many untracked days and untracked meals for like six months prior. Um, so the structure for me has been helpful, but I'm not trying to hit like super low calories right now. I'm hitting around 2000 to 2200 calories a day, which is plenty for, for me. And, and I'm only five, not even five one. So, um, that's a good amount of calories for me to be maintaining. And I actually was able to drop um, like four or five pounds over the last two months, just being more consistent again. So yeah, I feel like I'm in a better place reverse wise, but it's really tough. And if, if you're a competitor out there that struggles, I know there's a lot of stuff on social media that, you know, people are like, Oh, I'm only like five pounds above my stage weight. And, you know, people just tracking their reverse and making comments like, you know, like if you're not a serious enough athlete, if you're not like on top of your reverse and that's just all a bunch of bullshit in my opinion. Yeah. I think, um, you don't know how bad you feel in prep until you're out of it. Like until like shows are done. And that is when like post-show depression kicks in. It's just like an Olympian who competes at the Olympics. So this is something that they've trained for for years. And then it's like, okay, you're done. All done. Good job. And you are like, what do I do with myself now? Like, I'm so confused. And it can lead into food and not necessarily even overeating, just being more like eating to not feel hungry, um, which that could even be 1800 calories, but people's bodies can gain weight on that, especially after a competition. I know for myself, when I went into my reverse, I was like, well, this is fun because I was gaining weight on like 1500 calories and I'm five, six, not super short. And I was like, this literally makes no sense. Like law of thermo, whatever dynamics does not make sense with the amount that I would, was still moving in a day but it also went to show me that like your body needs to gain weight obviously because it's upset and you are you know most people when they see the that scale go up the first thing they think is I need to die I need to get this off but yeah I allowed myself to gain the weight because I understood that what I did in my prep because it was so long, because it was so extreme, because the cardio was so high that there's a price to pay for that. And that is why my body in particularly, and plus years of competing, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, every year, 
it was done and it needed some time off. And it was really hard for myself to let myself gain weight. But now that I'm where I'm at now, it feels good. Like I, I'm finally just even six months post show was when my weight finally stopped. And when I finally found a maintenance point for myself and it took a long time. And I see so many girls where they gain 10 pounds, they gain 15 pounds. I'll be honest. I gained about 25 pounds post show. And in my head, that sounds like a lot, but also body composition wise, I, I know that I still am like a fit looking individual. Yeah, totally. And I, I think I a lot of like 20. Yeah. I think a lot of competitors too will look at themselves and think that, oh, I've like completely blew it. But at the end of the day, you're someone else's goals. Yep. Very which true. is super important. But um, a couple negative things too, of just being so lean post-show is you're really not going to be able to make improvements to your physique. So yes, you might be only three pounds above your stage weight or five pounds, but you're probably not going to be able to put on that lean muscle tissue and then take into account because you've been diving in deeper with hormones. But if you don't have your natural period back and you're definitely not going to be able to be in a balanced place hormonally to even diet again and, or even make improvements on your physique. Yeah, totally. It's been interesting. Um, you know, I've been kind of, we've been talking about this, like kind of diving more into the hormonal side of things and what you said about the law of thermodynamics, that's not always going to be the case if your hormones are off balance. So Mm -hmm. yes, that is the case for most people that are fine in that, in that side of things, but especially for competitors that are doing extreme dieting, um, Sometimes that's like you experience yourself. That's not always the case. Sometimes on super low calories, you'll gain weight. You'll just like be stalled and, and it's kind of just your body like rebelling against you in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just got my blood work back like two days ago. So I'm, you know, I took that class from Jason Theobald, shout out to him. He's awesome. Um, But I took his class on just kind of like how to read a lab and from somebody. And so I, I use myself as practice. I just got my blood work back. And like, I'm still really low in a lot of hormones, like really mm-hmm. low and like, like bad. <laughs> and I'm like very vitamin D deficient. It's probably just cause I haven't been getting outside as much. Um, but I'm, I'm seeing a lot of things show up on my lab work where I'm like, okay, yeah, that's probably from the intense dieting that I've done. My body is still not fully recovered. Yes. I have a period now, um, but and that doesn't mean that you're good to exactly, go. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, it's been really eye opening, and I've been trying, I've been listening to more podcasts and kind of delving into more reading on, on this sort of thing. There's a lot of really good coaches out there, really well-known coaches out there that are, that are preaching this sort of thing. And I think it's good to get that out in the, uh, in the industry, because it's not always just calories in calories out. And like, if you're gaining weight rapidly or like just stalled, then it's just because you're eating too much. Like sometimes that's not always the case. Yeah. It's, it's looking at the competitor mindset. And this is usually for people who are taking their bodies to a whole whole nother level. But for example, like even someone like myself, I was breaking every single law out there where it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense why I wasn't losing weight. And it also didn't make sense why I was gaining weight. But like you said, Ashley, someone that only works for someone who is healthy in an internal manner, not just externally. If you looked at me on the outside, you'd think, wow, she's healthy. She looks great. 
on the inside, everything was falling apart, yep. um, which also makes sense why things like my hair started to fall out, which is a hormonal marker that something's wrong there. Um, even with your period, ladies, like just because you have a period, what is your period like? Is it super painful? Is it super heavy? Is it super light? Is it super long? Are you getting it two times in a month? Like these are all red flags that yeah. you're still not in a good place. So getting blood work is really important. And then another thing that I've been looking more into was the fasting blood glucose. So this yeah. is another marker that I'm keeping tabs on, which was interesting because mine was high. And then I started incorporating a little bit more high intensity Based cardio even just two times a week and it dropped significantly oh, wow. and that was so cool yeah it's fun to learn about your body in like a more advanced way because now I'm thinking oh if I prep again I shouldn't be doing low intensity I should probably be doing more high intensity because obviously my body likes that better yeah and everybody's gonna be different so that's for cool sure that you that you figured that out about yourself I almost would want to test that on myself too yeah. And I think even like having a handful of clients, like just testing their fasting blood glucose to see where it's at before you diet them would be really smart because then you're going to save both of you some time. If you can see where that number is at, like if someone is, you know, at 110 with their fasting blood glucose, okay. Like maybe the diet is going to not be as successful as someone who's already at like an 80 mark. Yeah, totally. And I think I talked to you about this before, but, um, there's a lot of good information out there from, again, very well-known coaches. Um, the Elite Physique University is one podcast I've been really loving. I know I've sent you some some of those episodes, but mm -hmm. a lot of times too, before a diet, those guys will take their clients through a um, an insulin sensitivity like reset period. Mm -hmm. And j just for like two-ish weeks, some people have to go longer than that, but mo I think they said most of the time it's like two weeks before anybody starts a diet. Um, because that will help with, with all of that. I still need to kind of dive more into that and probably test it on myself, but I just mm -hmm. thought like those type of topics are, are very, very interesting. So yeah, um, if you guys are interested in that sort of stuff, then, then start checking out like the other podcasts that are, that are talking about these things. I think that, that those are all great resources. And I love that you're still like wanting to learn more as a coach and you aren't being stagnant, which is super important. But um, one other thing I want to reiterate too, to you guys, before you start a prep, um, I think it's smart to even just do a mini cut for two to four weeks to see if you can get a response. Because if you yeah. can't get a response out of a mini cut, are you sure you want to dive into and that's kind of almost like the reset I was yeah. talking about, right? So. Yeah. Do you really want to start like a four month long dieting period? If you're not even responding from that, like you're just going to be wasting your time. Totally. But, um, okay, Ashley. So where can people find you? I'm going to have all your information down below, but why don't you go ahead and plug your coaching and so on? Yeah, of course. So, um, first of all, my Instagram is at Ashley Victoria fitness. I used to be bikini fit Ashley, but I changed that recently. <laughs> um, I have, so my boyfriend and I own our, our gym Opus body lab. So it's just opusbodylab.com. Um, you can also follow our account Opus body lab on Instagram. And, um, that is kind of where we're, we're doing all of our, our coaching inquiries and whatnot. So if you guys are interested, you can DM us, you can email us opusbodylab at gmail.com um, and or visit our website. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you, Nicole. You're awesome.
Hey guys, on the Beyond the Bikini podcast, you know I talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be hard to hit the gym consistently, track your macros to a T, and feel like you're making progress. So rather you're a newbie in the gym or someone who's been hitting the gym consistently but possibly hit a plateau, then I recommend you check out my one-on-one coaching. No, I do not only coach prep clients, but I coach lifestyle clients as well. I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym, with your relationship with food, and how I can help you reach your goals.